Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, as this year comes to an end, we thank God for his love and his protection. Thus far, he has brought us and he will continue to see us through. Amen. We have gone through tremendous challenges, but despite this, we still praise God. His word says, I will praise the Lord at all times. In the next two weeks, we shall be celebrating Jesus' birth into this world. One of the attributes of Jesus prophesied by Isaiah is that he shall be called the Prince of Peace. It is a fitting description. In between his betrayal and his crucifixion, that is from John chapters 13 to 17, Jesus spent time with his disciples, comforting them, encouraging them, and strengthening them. This is remarkable considering he was about to be betrayed by his closest friends and would shortly undergo one of the most painful punishments known to man, crucifixion. I don't know what you would do if you discovered that A, your nearest and closest friends were about to betray you, and B, you were just about to go through the most painful experience imaginable. Very few people would do what Jesus did, that is, strengthen and pray for their followers. It is worth spending some time meditating on what Jesus said to his followers at this time. Well, one of the key promises that he makes during this difficult time is that he would give his disciples peace. He says in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace that Jesus gives is an unusual peace. He says it's not as the world gives, but rather it's a supernatural peace from the Prince of Peace himself. Jesus calls it my peace. He used the word shalom in Hebrew, which according to Bible dictionaries means security, safety, and prosperity. It also means that restful or quiet state of the soul when it is assured of its salvation through Christ, and therefore it fears nothing from God and is content, satisfied with its earthly lot. Is it possible to be peaceful, to be restful during these troubling times? In the midst of uncertainty, can we have security and prosperity? Can we talk of safety when we are surrounded by news that continuously points towards dire predictions? Well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The peace he promised his disciples is still the same peace that he promised us. Amen to that. The last sentence in the key verse of John chapter 14 verse 27 helps to explain how we can possess this supernatural peace. Jesus tells his followers, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This statement does not mean we numb ourselves to the troubles that surround us. It does not mean we wish them away. It does not mean that we passively accept whatever will be, will be. The instruction Jesus gives is in fact a call for action. He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Which means you and I have a role to play in securing peace in our hearts and therefore in our lives. This call for action can be better understood when we read from Proverbs chapter 4, 23, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which says, Keep and guard your hearts with all vigilance, 
and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. This is the amplified version. According to this verse, we are to guard our hearts the same way that security personnel are kept on high alert to guard a territory or a country, especially during a perceived threat. The story of Nehemiah and how he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem is an example of how to stay on guard whilst doing what God has assigned you to do. Nehemiah and his fellow Jews were in the process of building the broken walls of Jerusalem when the enemy threatened to interrupt and stop the works. Nehemiah dealt with this threat by arming his teams and remaining vigilant. Each builder had to have his weapon on hand and stay alert. If the alarm indicating an attack was in progress went off, the builders would rush to defend whichever part of the wall was being attacked. This state of readiness continued until the wall was fully and eventually built. We too must go about our daily assigned businesses as best as we know how, but remain vigilant in our hearts, never giving to the enemy's threats of discouragement, of worry, and of anxiety. So why and how should you guard your heart? Well, the spiritual things that God promises us, such as love, such as joy, and peace, are received and flow through our hearts. When your heart is not guarded, it will instead absorb any and all kinds of things that enter it. The negative and the pessimistic news and views, the enemy's lies, the temptations to be discouraged or give up, all this can enter our minds and into our hearts and then create attitudes such as worry and anxiety. The worry and anxiety will then stifle or block the flow of peace from the Holy Spirit in you. It is no surprise, therefore, that Isaiah mentioned the key to perfect peace is to keep your mind stayed on God. The mind is the gateway of your heart. I believe it is very intentional that the last words Jesus speaks to his disciples before his betrayal are words of peace, words of victory. He says, In John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It is also no coincidence that the very first words that Jesus speaks to his disciples after his resurrection are words of peace. Shalom, peace be with you, he says in John chapter 20, 19 to 21. Jesus promises us supernatural peace in a world that constantly challenges us. His promises are always yes and amen. We need to guard our hearts vigilantly and keep our minds stayed on him in order to secure this peace. Shalom, peace to everyone. Amen.